Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. What about them Toronto Maple Leafs, huh? Boy, Leaf fans are going crazy right oh, now. Oh, my goodness. Parade Roots plans. Uh-huh. Yeah. Let's see what happens in April. <sighs> I've read this book before. This, uh, the book is writing pretty well right now. Yeah, but it's going to end bad. 15 of 17. Colorado <laughs> coming in as, you know, one of the potential cup contenders in the Western Conference and leading there. Yeah. Uh, and the Leafs destroyed them. I mean, backup goaltender or not, uh, Colorado had to pull their starter late. But, mm. but my goodness, that was uh, quite the performance. Austin Matthews, the hat trick. Johnny T was in there as well. It, Martyr was flying. It, it, it was just, they flat out were the better team. Look, I read the Titanic. And that started off well <laughs> also. Unsinkable, they said. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you wait till you get to the last chapter. Anyhow, we'll see. Good on them. They're uh, leading the league right now and doing very well. Uh, I have sat through almost all of the Beatles Get Back documentary. Uh, the first uh, two episodes I've sat through and uh, one to go. This is basically when they go up and do the concert. Spoiler alert. They, I was going to say, a, I haven't seen it yet, so don't spoil it for me. Do they stick together? They, <laughs> no, I like the Titanic. It doesn't end well. Um <laughs> Just a couple of thoughts. You know, early on, I, I was kind of bored with it, but I thought I'll stick with it. And it is really interesting as it moves along, and you see, like, how they develop songs like Get Back or Let I've It Be. I've seen the footage of that where, you know, basically it looks like, you know, Paul has this kind of riff that he's working yeah. on and, and mumbling some words, and then, like, 45 seconds later, yeah. uh, he's got JoJo, yeah. and uh, and off they go, and he's got basically what is the workings of... The title track. You get a little frustrated because we now know the lyrics, right? And so as he's going, Jojo left his home in Tucson, Arizona. I'm like, bought some California grass. Yeah. And, he, and he's kind of there. He's, he goes another direction. I'm like, no, it makes so much sense. Right. It, it rhymes so well. Anyhow, that's interesting. And, and the relationships. You know, what we've heard over the decades is that Yoko Ono ruined everything. She's been the punchline to many jokes. It turns out, though, from watching this anyhow... And and I think Peter Jackson's done a very good job of, of showing what went down in that studio or the two studios they worked out of. She really, I mean, unless she was whispering in John's ear at home, but she mostly just sat in the corner, knitted, napped, snacked, right. read the newspaper. Yeah, which could very well be the case, too, right? Yeah. You know, hey, Paul's doing all this, and mm. you're not getting the input and the credit you deserve for it. Although they did credit each other. Their, their deal was that they both get credited. Yeah. You can see on Get Back... Uh, John's not even in the room. Yeah, and it's right. Lennon McCartney. But it's a Lennon McCartney song. But the only one who looks like he's just had enough through the whole thing is George Harrison. Now, you have to remember, too, they're all very young. George was the youngest in the band. You know, he probably was like 26, 20, something like that, 27. I don't think any of them had hit 30 yet. Well, let's see, we can figure, we can do the math if he died at 40 in 1980, right? So in 1970, he would have been 30, 69, 29. Right. Yeah, so... Um, I might have something a little off there. But uh, anyhow, it seemed like George was the most upset because there's even a couple of moments where you hear Paul say to him, look, I'm not trying to upset you, but I always feel like I can't even open my mouth now or you're just going to get upset, you know. But it seems that Paul really rules the roost, that, you know, he, it's his, you know, people listen to what he, and even John says to him in a supposedly uh, private meeting that was miked, you know, we all just let you do what you want to do because we don't want to fight, right? you know. But nowhere in the whole process does it seem to me, unless now in this final episode is when John comes in and says, I'm done being a Beatle. 
But it doesn't seem like George ever wants it to end. Mm. He just doesn't want to be a part of it anymore. Yeah, his, his guitar is gently weeping yeah. in the corner. Yeah. He did leave for a couple of days. They showed the home that Ringo lived in. They all went and had a meeting at Ringo's place. Yeah. No wonder he didn't complain through the whole thing. <laughs> he was living large. You should see this beautiful English estate he had. I mean, he really was the coolest. It seems to me now, when watching this, he seemed like the easiest go. He sat there. He never argued. He was on time. Yeah. He did his bit. But he had someone else's seat. Yeah. Right? Like, his was the only position that had been fired at some point. Right. But he had come a long way. It wasn't yes. like he just got the gig. I, yeah, of course. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, if you're a music fan, it's, it's really interesting to watch, certainly. Slow and boring in parts, but you get those moments that you go, wow, that's, that's really insightful. So we'll watch the uh, concert tonight mm. see how that goes. And then I'll have to find something else to watch. <laughs> that's just <laughs> how I spend my days. I love this. There's a guy who started a, a petition. He's fed up with uh, Will and Jada Smith. He says every time he, uh, he goes on his phone in the morning, he's bombarded by intimate details of their life together. And so he's had enough, so he's got a goal where he wants 10,000 signatures. So far, he's at 9,400. Doesn't really explain. Well, I guess he does by saying he's fed up with them. The only thing he says, though, on his petition about the whole thing is that uh, poor Will Smith. That's his only comment. So I guess oh. he, he feels bad that he's, he's got to deal with Jada. He's taking Will's side on this yeah. one. Uh, plenty of people have added their two cents. One person summed it up. Said, everything I learned about this couple is against my will. Free us. <laughs> Someone else said, attention-seeking is a mental illness and they need to get help. Yeah, I don't know. It's not really against your will. If you're following celebrity gossip sites, you're going to see this that's stuff. what you get all the time. Yeah. That's, that's what you're going to get. You're going to necessarily get to choose which celebrities you're going to hear gossip about but you know celebrities who want gossip about them or need it for financial reasons or in will's case to sell a few extra books right right are going to have their name out there more he actually talk about owing money he owed at one point and the reason he did the fresh prince of bel-air which i thought he did originally just to hang out with quincy jones because you know quincy jones quincy jones he owed like 2.8 million to the irs Oh. So for like the first three years, the only reason he did the Fresh Prince, the first three years, they took like 70% of his salary. Just From to his pay music off. career, I guess, before, which yeah. was like a couple of songs. Parents just don't understand. Mm-hmm. So I guess he was talking about taxes. I guess so. <laughs> um, Alec Baldwin. This is I, I'm surprised he's even doing this. You'd think with, with, I'm sure, the lawsuits in place and lawyers figuring stuff out. I'm oh, surprised he's Oh, is this the ABC talking. interview tonight? Yeah, tonight. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things he says is... I didn't pull the trigger. It wasn't in the script for the trigger to be pulled. Well, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. So you never pulled the trigger? No, 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 no. I I would never point a gun at anyone and pull a trigger at them, never. What did you think happened? How did a real bullet get on that set? I have no idea. Someone put a live bullet in a gun, a bullet that wasn't even supposed to be on the property. You know, why do they have to add that music to it as well? Yeah, well, they're... Make it even more dramatic than it actually is. If someone lost their life, do we have to? It looks, it looks really, you know, emotional for sure. Uh, And George Stephanopoulos asked some, you know, pretty poignant questions too about, uh, you know, what he thinks of George Clooney's statement that Mm -hmm. he always double checks weapons and basically throwing Alec Baldwin under the bus. And I, I hear in that clip, I've seen other clips of, uh, of of moments from it. I don't know which questions Baldwin even answers, if he answers them all or not. But I hear another voice in the background. I wonder if it's like a lawyer or part of his team mm. that are stopping things or chiming in. Baldwin's wife. Right. 
one of the kids, one of the many kids they've got. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, that roadside interview he did with the paparazzi just shortly after the accident and the death happened, uh, well, that was pretty dramatic. I mean, you can see he was really broken up about that as well. So um, we'll, well, uh, we'll watch he, that tonight for sure. Stephanopoulos asks, is, is this the worst thing that's ever happened to you? And without a hesitation at all, mm. he said yes. More so than the uh, dirty, rotten little pig? Got to be yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Billy Eilish is uh, PETA's person of the year. Uh, for two, 2021. Okay. I, I guess uh, she was at the first Met Gala, or her first Met Gala, and she turned the spotlight onto the plight of animals killed for food and fashion, and this is her passion, and so PETA 100% uh, backs her, and they're um, happier now that she is pushing the fashion industry towards its sustainable vegan future. Billy's other efforts include a vegan Air Jordan uh, with Nike. She's working on that. Okay. Executive producing a vegan documentary called They're Trying to Kill Us. She's coming up with a vegan fragrance and a vegan milk chocolate bar. Oh. Hmm. Why does the milk chocolate have to be vegan? What's in... Oh, well, the milk. Or, well, from the cow, right? Yeah. Of course. I guess, can't you just like almond milk or something like that? I guess well, maybe that's what they're doing. I don't know. Yeah, well, it's probably coming up with something like that. I I don't know. I, I got to tell you, I'm so far from vegan. It, it might be a bad thing, but the second you said pita... I thought about the sandwich, and, <laughs> and it wasn't vegan. The worst thing, you know, for Alec Baldwin, the worst thing ever was killing somebody. For you, it'll be told one day from Dr. Downer that you got to lay off the steak. And it's coming, brother. It's coming. You just wait. Um, vegan fragrance. I don't think I want to walk around smelling like broccoli. You know, Brussels sprouts. Oh, Lord, that's bad. That'd be bad. Cauliflower. Yeah, not good. I mean, I like, I'm, I'm fine with eating the veggies. I just don't know that i got to spray it on my neck. Uh, and tonight, a series premiere. Uh, oh, it's going to be a series, not just a movie. Okay, the series premiere of Santa Inc. on HBO. I'd watch this. Seth Rogen is Santa Claus okay. in this stop-motion cartoon. And Sarah Silverman is an overly ambitious elf who will stop at nothing to become his first female successor. Right. Now, the trailer has profanity. So... Be aware oh, of that so it's for not the kids. The, not your kids' set of stuff. No. All right. No, a lot, so much of the animated stuff is now for adults only. You know, Flintstones at one time was an an evening sitcom prime time for yeah, adults. That's true. Well, um, and, and yet it went into the, the Simpsons, which I guess was young adults. Mm-hmm. Um, family Guy. Of, uh, family Guy, definitely, and, and South Park. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Now you've got things like F is for Family, which I know is already done. I just started watching it on Netflix. It's a Bill Burr uh, production. And, uh, of course, Big Mouth, which isn't even for adults. <laughs> it's so damn dirty. Well, this is, uh, this is good news. Uh, back in um, 2009, a guy in the U.K. set a record for the world's loudest burp. 109.9 decibels. Wow. That's as loud as a jackhammer, they say. His record stood for over a decade until now. A 51-year-old guy in Australia says his wife recognized his talents as a burper and encouraged him to go for the record. Now, I applaud her. Yes, very much so. Because most women would would you stop that? But she, she encouraged him. So he's been honing his skills for the past five years. Okay. He's just, just burping. Burping, you know, yeah. be the loudest farter. Let's put him up against Booger from Revenge of the Nerds. Right. My son, David, my youngest one, used to be able to do the alphabet with a burp. Really? All the way through? Yeah, I think he could get all the way through. Pretty damn close, anyhow. Um, we never uh, we never encouraged that. <laughs> no, no, you don't say. No. 
Uh, anyhow, so uh, he's been working on his skills for the past five years. And Guinness just recognized it as the loudest burp ever produced by a human. Now, the original record, 109.9 decibels. Yeah. This is 112.4 wow. decibels. And this is what it sounds like. It's <laughs> good and loud, eh? Let's hear that again. <laughs> yeah. Really? So, yeah, obviously you can have no, you know, effects like a microphone no. in front of it or anything like that. Anything to to get it louder. Mm-hmm. He actually broke it twice. So at 109.9, his first attempt was 110 on the dot. Then he did the 112. Uh, of course, he thanked his wife for all her coaching. What's his, uh, does he have a drink of choice? He doesn't Something say. Something to get some burpee? He doesn't say. Um... The record for the loudest burp by a woman is 107 decibels. A wow. lady in Italy did that in 2009. For her. Yeah. I bet her husband wasn't encouraging that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, nothing, nothing sexier. I like this. Um, someone asked young people to name old people trends that they'd like to get rid of. Okay. Here are a few things they came up with. Things that young people hate. Uh, when uh, claiming the customer is always right, employees, young people say, should be allowed to stand up for themselves if someone's being unreasonable. Okay. Uh, uh, within certain terms, yes. Y- yeah. Because, yeah, uh, uh, yes, some customers have ruined that notion that the customer's always right. Oh, they take too much advantage of it, yeah. The workhorse mentality at most jobs. Going above and beyond is great, says young people, but shouldn't be expected all the time, especially... At low-paying jobs. So this is a little irritating in that, well, you don't pay me enough, so I'm not going to do that. Well, then go find another job then. Right. This is what this job pays. You don't like it? Go somewhere else. So I disagree with that one. But but a lot of these here I do do think are probably young people are right about this stuff. Acting like it's fine to be bad at technology. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's great. Uh, young people say, just because you're older doesn't mean you can't learn the basics. One person said their dad refuses to use computers but still makes them buy things on Amazon and Google stuff for him. <laughs> now, I will say I'm a tad guilty in this department. Okay. And that many a time I'll be yelling for my son to come and help me with something that I've screwed up. Yes. And I hear the frustration and the huffing and puffing as he comes up the stairs. Right. So I'm guilty a little. It's partly uh, on on the younger generation, too, because we encourage our parents to use the technology, mm-hmm. right? And then, you know, are upset when we're forced to be the IT department. Right. Yeah. Um, popping in for a visit. Young people say no. Oh. Always got to call first or more likely text. Yeah, text a heads up. Um, calling is, uh, instead of texting. Uh, young people say unless it's an emergency. Young people hate random phone calls because it feels like they have to answer. So it's like you're forcing them to talk. Right. God forbid. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't have to respond to texts right away. And I've even gotten that way now to myself. Like, don't. I like to call and leave messages on people's cell phones. I still enjoy that. Although even that enjoyment is waning because nobody listens to the voicemail no. anymore. They just see you called and they return your call. Exactly. Um, of course, uh, yes, calling instead of texting. Um Making people, young people, feel bad for not owning a house yet. It's way harder than it used to be. And a lot of parents and grandparents don't seem to get that. And I do. I had a big argument with a a guy I know uh, who's uh, in his, I guess, mid to late 70s, maybe even early 80s now. He just cannot see it. 
Oh, it's just this stuff. I only made twelve grand a year, and yeah, but your house only costs six grand. Right. You know. <laughs> now somebody makes thirty grand a year. Yeah, it seems like a lot more, but the house is eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Of course, it's a lot tougher. And they're in a bidding war that's going to drive it up to one point two. Yeah. Now this this is funny. Uh, young people are sick and tired of hearing about all the participation trophy jokes. Okay. Uh, sure, they agree. They agree totally that they got them. They know they did. But it was their parents and grandparents who handed them this out. This is true. So who's really to blame right. here? Yeah. You know, certainly the parents were the ones who did that. The kids weren't all begging for a trophy. The parents just decided every kid needed one. Right. So if you fall into any of those categories, you're old. 94.9 The Rock, GTA's rock station. That would be the Foo Fighters in Everlong. And this would be ninth text on the phone right now. Good morning, The Rock. Hello. Hey, who's this? This is Matt. Matthew. Can we call you Matthew? Yeah. Huh? Can we call what? you Matthew? Sure, go ahead. At this stage, we're giving you Foo Fighters tickets. <laughs> we can call you anything we want. <laughs> yes, buddy. Only my mother calls me that, but you go ahead. That's fine. <laughs> Listen, uh, one problem, Matt, there's a uh, skill testing math question you have to do. Are you ready? Go ahead. All right. Uh, a beer cost eighteen ninety nine at the Scotiabank Arena, and you owe for 50000 for one round. Uh, what's that going to cost you? Oh, it's got to be well over a million. <laughs> don't forget to tip. Yeah, maybe with Tim. Yeah. <laughs> I got an extra five. Don't worry. <laughs> Ask the boss man for a couple extra hours at work, some overtime. It will be needed. I mean, you got time to make the money. The show is until July of next year. So just keep putting a couple of ducats aside every week. I'm on it, brother. I'm on it. <laughs> July 22nd, 2022, you and the Foo Fighters. Uh, it's actually at Rogers Center will be the show. Congratulations, Matt. Your text number nine. Thanks, boys. Cheers. Enjoy. Cheers, bud. The uh, pandemic it, uh, delayed a lot of things, certainly uh, weddings, but a couple refused to put theirs on hold for a third time. Uh, this couple was supposed to have a big wedding last year, but canceled it when the pandemic hit. They did a small backyard ceremony instead, but still wanted a big reception, which was supposed to happen this September. But then the bride got COVID, so they shut it down again. So okay. two times done. <clears throat> and then they pushed it to November. She was fine. The bride recovered. But then the groom the morning of the event, because they had already gotten married, they just wanted to do the reception. The groom landed in the hospital with a serious case of food poisoning. So at this point, his wife decided to throw the party anyway. Because, you know, once you're married, eh, he doesn't need to be there. Um, we are glad she did, though, because what they did was awesome. So the venue didn't want her to do her big entrance alone. This is the reception, of course. Right. So they came up with this ridiculous-looking stand-in. They took a clothing steamer with wheels, <laughs> used pool cues to give it structure, <laughs> dressed it up in a suit, strapped on an iPad to the top with a picture of her husband's face on it. All right. And that's who the bride walked in with. Whatever it takes. And everybody loved it. The best part about this story now, the groom's new nickname stick <laughs> christine the bride is her name is christine she uh used him a uh, stick for the wedding pictures and the first dance a bunch of guests danced with him as well 
The groom did make it at the very end of the reception before going home to throw up some more. <laughs> Great. Thank, yeah. Thanks for coming to spread it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess it was just food yeah, poisoning. So. He joked that, he, uh, that it all worked out pretty well, and uh, he believes Stick is a better dancer than him. Right. So. That's just great. He will go through life with the nickname Stick. Yeah, wait till he gets into the bedroom and finds Stick's already there. <laughs> yeah, uh, Stick is probably more of a, an emotional support than he is, anyhow. <laughs> Plus, he's warm. He's a steam. Uh, right, that's so true. She can cuddle up with him at night. Rock mornings with, with Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.